You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Spending some time reconnecting with nature this summer? Here's a camping hack from L.L. Bean to make your next trip the best yet. Tired of your tentmate's flashlights shining in your eyes in camp? Bring an empty half-gallon milk jug or clear water bottle. Simply strap a headlamp around it, and it becomes a soft white lantern for everyone to see the light. For more camping hacks, visit youtube.com slash L.L. Bean. L.L. Bean. Be an outsider. Welcome, everyone, to Take It Home Podcast. I'm your host, John LaRocca. And on today's episode, I'm going to take a look back to this past Wednesday on AEW Dynamite, that opening segment where MJF had his rebar mitzvah, his big celebration, retaining the title over Brian Danielson at the pay-per-view. And then we see who's next, the challenge for the belt. Obviously, someone's going to interrupt. On the, in this case, it was three other individuals that interrupted. I'm going to talk about this, this angle because, to me, I think it's a misfire. Because of who came out, why... They're not ready for his position for us fans, our viewers, to take them as serious challengers. And who I feel should have been put in that position. Now, let's go back. Let's go back to um, the pay-per-view, Revolution, which I thought was a, a really damn good pay-per-view. I talked about it uh, uh, on that special fight game podcast Garrett and I did. Uh, a couple days after the pay-per-view. He was there live. I watched it at home. I gave my perspective from home. Um, I thought it was one of the better AEW pay-per-views. It featured really two fantastic matches. One being Jungle Boy versus Christian in that final burial match that I thought was going to be goofy. end up being a really well-worked match that I was extremely impressed with. And then, of course, the best match of the night by far 
was Brian Danielson versus NGF for the title. 60-minute Iron Man went overtime. NGF cheated to win. And it was a it was a brilliant match, really. <clears throat> I uh I had a, some some issues with it, but overall it was it was pretty good. Excuse me. <clears throat> Getting over a cold here, and I'm, I'm, I'm always kind of feel like I'm getting over a cold. As kids, you always kind of get something. It seems like, but uh, so bear with me this this uh this show, <laughs> um, with my voice. Um, but back to this, back to that pay per view and that main event match. I thought it was fantastic. <clears throat> it was. I thought Brian was brilliant. I thought MJ was great. Um, again, I kind of would have done a, a few things differently, especially with that overtime period. Um, I didn't really like the scene where at the end, NJF is being laid out. He's getting oxygen. Uh, doctors are in there checking on him. And then Tony Khan from the back says, it's going to be Southern death. And you have your, your world champion, a, a man of in your employee, you employee as, as a, as a, you know, as one of your talents is, Grasping for air in the mat, and then we're just because he's a a, a heel, we have to cheer like, oh, he's gonna get screwed. I mean, it just looked weird. Actually, to me, it came off. Tony Khan came off the heel. AEW came off the heel in that, and then the finish, exact finish, so right where MGF hits uh, Brian Danson with that oxygen tank. I thought the referee was up, and he has to clear. He clearly see what MGF did. I thought to me they should have bumped him, not bumped him out, but bumped him down, just so he didn't see that for a bit, you know. But other than that, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, say it wasn't great. You know, a lot of people probably tear down, but I, I, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty fantastic. And again, I thought that pay per view overall was really good. So the follow up for that pay per view was one of the big discussions Garrett and I had on Fight Game Podcast, and. You know, there's some big wins on that show. Ricky Starks beat Chris Jericho in the opener. Jungle Boy beat Christian in that final burial match. Um, Warlow beat Samoa Joe. That was probably the worst match. It was probably the worst match on the show. Um, so, you know, if the there was definitely a clear booking strategy to feature on the original group of AEW stars. You know, Ricky Stars came a little later, but you know what I mean? Like the, the not their WWF um hires for the free agency market, but young talent that they found on the on the independent scene and, and wanted to build and and make their, you know, their homegrown stars. So they followed up the next week with Ricky Stars being attacked. After his big win over Chris Jericho at the pay-per-view, he's attacked by Juice Robinson, who hasn't won Diddley in AEW. Um, Jungle Boy, I believe, had a promo saying he wants to get a wants to be a, a singles champion in the future, which, you know, it's just great. You know, he should say that. Uh I don't think Darby said anything till Rampage. I don't think he was on even Dynamite. So you have, you know. Darby cutting a promo on the on the lowest rating uh, t- TV show that they have on Rampage, uh, 
you have 400,000 viewers seeing that promo instead of maybe the 800, whatever it was, 30-something thousand that week that did on Dynamite. You should have put that promo there, in my opinion. Um, And then you had Sammy Guevara, who was thrown in a mix of with Jericho and Dan Garcia to challenge for the uh, AEW's six-man tag team championship. So now we now we go back to this past Wednesday, Dynamite. Again, the opener, the rebar mitzvah, MJF, the celebration. Um, I got a total kick out of it. I thought it was really good. I still think MJF needs a group. Like, there's all these damn... I mean, and I say that because... And there's all these groups in AEW already, which is... There's about, you know, way too many of them, right? It's like Tony Khan has that mentality of, like... He wants to kind of have like that new Japan mentality of everyone has to be in some kind of a a faction. And but I think MGF just needs something to be with him. He just comes out there alone. It just looks like he's missing. Um, you know, he's not a guy like Harley Race, you know, the classic world champion, tough as nails, can handle himself with anyone, um, and anybody. He can talk for himself, doesn't need Anyone, right? Benjamin's not a Harley Race type of wrestler. He's cocky. He's arrogant. He talks a lot of trash. But he's out there by himself. Like, there's no protection around him. I don't think he needs a manager. Um, I thought the pinnacle was a, was a good idea. Um, I like the idea of Wardlow being the bodyguard. You had the you know FTR, the really great tag team. Um, Sean Spears was kind of... Yeah, eh, that was a weak link of it, and kind of like, what's Paul Roma doing in the Four Horsemen deal? But you know, I thought that worked. And then, of course, the Pinnacle had with this big angle they shot, and they ended up that ended up being a big bomb, right? Didn't really go anywhere, or do anything. They, I think they were broken up within the year, and ultimately, it meant nothing. But I think MGF needs someone, a bodyguard type again, someone like a Wardlow. Again, and uh, some guy you can build up again as a, about you know I don't know who that is. It could have been, could have been Morrissey, but they brought him in and he lost to Wardlow like right away when Wardlow was uh, ascending upwards. Now the the rebar mitts is going on, the celebration, the the guys run out with a chair and put him on the chair. I thought that was great, and it just quick and as quickly as that, boom. Baltimore hits, out comes Jungle Boy, and I'm like, oh, no, you know. And I thought Jack Perry did a good promo here. You know, it's very scripted and rehearsed, and you know, but I thought, you know, he's, he's, he's doing better, you know. But at the same time, and I, and I want, you know, after the follow-up of the pay-per-view, I want them to continue the momentum of, of Jack Perry, but... Going from a guy that really wasn't doing much, maybe because Christian was hurt, so they kind of put the whole Jungle Boy stuff on ice. Though he appeared on shows and won some matches, and but it was here and there. You know, it wasn't really it wasn't really focused on, wasn't really getting real momentum. And it just kind of seemed like all of a sudden, boom, Christian's back, and they like rushed this uh, finish of the angle they wanted to do be- before Christian got got hurt. 
at the pay-per-view. So I thought, as I, I think it's great that they want to continue to follow up with Jack Perry. But I think you don't thrust him into the world title picture. I think you kind of, okay, he's featuring singles matches on Dynamite. Maybe one week on Dynamite, maybe one week on Rampage, and you kind of alternate. But you continue to win. He beats underneath guys. He beats mid-level heels. He beats, he starts moving his, you know, you don't have to put him in program. Just have him win matches, gain momentum. Talk about how he's been on a win streak and all that kind of stuff. You know, it, it's, it's simple. It's, it doesn't really, everyone doesn't have to be in a feud, right? <coughs> and then out after Jungle Boy comes Sammy Guevara. And this one was a bigger head scratcher than Jungle Boy. At least last time we saw Jungle Boy, he won a, a pay-per-view match. A big pay-per-view match. And it was a great one. But Sammy hasn't done sh- jack of all shit for like a year he's been kind of just behind the scenes with <coughs> the JS group and um, I'm sure he was suspended a couple times with stuff with Kingston and whatnot and uh, Andrade and all that stuff and you know, that kind of you know, was off TV for a while but you talk about a guy that lost one man we talk about Wardlow a lot that's kind of like the Poster child for Tony's bad booking. I think uh, Acclaim's going to be up there too, where they're they're going. But I think Sam McVar is a guy that that his momentum was lost, right? Like could have been his you know self inflicted runes by Sam McVar with his issues backstage, but Shawn Michaels had issues backstage and was continuing to be featured because he was. A star and Sammy Guevara was a star in AEW. He was like, Wow, this guy <coughs> literally just has something about him, something special, and especially as a heel. That slappable face, the arrogance, great athlete. If you could just put it together, right? If you could just tone down the daredevil stuff and really focus on being a heel and Bumping, feeding, and, and, you know, fucking study Tully Blanchard. You had Tully Blanchard there. <laughs> he should have picked his brain every day if I was him. I hope he did. But but from his work, it doesn't seem like he did. Sammy was just more back on the athleticism and just not, not on the heel stuff. And then eventually he became so popular, people were like, man, this guy – is so good. They end up changing him babyface, and then that didn't work. And then he, you know, started dating Ty Conti, and then because of you know, we saw him propose to his longtime girlfriend on Dynamite, and then within months he was already dating Ty Conti. A lot of people, you know, turned on him for that, and but that was great because I think he's a stronger heel anyway. So I, and I, and I thought him and Ty were were fantastic. It's just, you just wanted to you wanted you wanted to smack him even more, right? Because now he has his hot girlfriend and and she has a bitchy face to go along with his fucking bitchy face. And you know they're perfect heels. They're a perfect heel tandem there. But again, they just didn't do much with it. You know they didn't feature him as strong on the on their own. They were just. Like, Sammy all of a sudden was thrown back with Jericho. Like, we have nothing else for this guy to do. Just throw him back with Jericho. And 
He's just there. But now you want him to be a challenger for the world title. It just it doesn't, doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel earned, right? And then comes Darby Allen. Now, Darby, unlike Jungle Boy and Sam Guevara, has been featured as recently he just won the TNT title in a very short run. Little program with Samoa Joe. But the last time we saw him, we lost the title to Samoa Joe. So at him, he also needed to be rebuilt up. He just, again, he just lost the titles, been off TV, and now you're thrusting right into the to the world title. And it's all because, and I, I can tell what Tony's thinking here. I can see it in his brain. These are his four pillars, right? Remember that last few, last few years, you know, because Tony is a, a mark for Japanese wrestling in old Japan, and the four pillars were, you know, Misawa, Kobashi, Kawada, Tawi, and and he's trying to recreate that in AEW. And early on, it was MJF, Jungle Boy, Darby Allen, and Sammy Guevara. But honestly, those pillars should have changed, in my opinion. Last year, Warlow should have been one of your guys. Uh, until he lost his momentum. <laughs> Excuse me. Powerhouse Hobbs could have been a, a, a pillar to replace one of those Sammy Guevara. Ricky Starks could have been someone to replace on the on the four pillars. Those guys, in my opinion, have stronger main event potential than Sammy Guevara at this point. Jungle Boy. Not Darby. I, I like Darby. I really do. Actually, yeah, I'm a I'm a fan of his because he's different. He's unique. He has unique charisma. I like his matches overall. You know, sometimes he does craziness, craziness, but he's a good talent. And I really liked about this segment. It, it was my favorite highlight of the segment was actually, even though I didn't get the whole story with the teacher and all that, and I'm, that was a bit much, but at least Darby had some bass in his voice in this promo. He's not just like some emo you know, uh, you know, you know, it's going to be, I'm going to get you and destroy you. And, you know, just, at least he had some energy and some, you know, like, I was like, God, dude, let this guy cut these kind of promos, you know, or uh, let him talk more and be, and just, you know, I miss the old yelling and screaming promo for wrestling. I'm sorry, man. It, a lot of people kind of like, Oh, that's just those old wrestling promos. But you know what? I've been watching a lot of Portland wrestling from the 70s. And I tell you, man, you get fired up in those promos. And, you know, Roddy Piper had his own unique style, but Playboy Buddy Rose. Um, uh, there's a <laughs> Ron Bass when he turned, they turned on him, Buddy Rose and Edward Skalski turned on him. He came and cut a fiery promo. Dutch Savage. Um, he, I mean, just, just, they're angry. They're they're hot nowadays. We just get people just want to be clever and say some cute things, and um. So yeah, I want to see more 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 energy out of Darby's promos. 
But again, let's look at this. Because it's his four pillars, he's like, okay, I can go to this. A four-way match for the title. I'm guessing it's going to be probably a TV main event, I would think. I don't know if it's something that's going to be at the pay-per-view in May. I just think that's a little ways out. I feel like it's going to end up being a four-way match. Might turn into a three-way match. Might be a three-way round-robin tournament to get a shot at NJF. Um, but ultimately it's going to be, he wants, he has this fantasy of like the four pillars going for the championship, right? This is my, my look into the future, the, the, the current, but also the future still, right? These guys are going to be carrying company, but I just think it's, they're not ready right now for that. Uh, Darby's beloved and can kind of get thrown in there and it, and it could work because his unique charisma, but I still think like instead of rushing into it, well, again, just like I mentioned with Jungle Boy earlier, okay, Darby's back. He just lost the title, TNT title, and you know he was in a very brutal match with Samoa Joe. Just like D- Jungle Boy, get him on a win streak, get him going, let him be underneath. Heels, mid-card heels, eventually moves up the ranks, and you know, then you can kind of maybe have a four a three-way race to the top. And that's where you get this log jam at the top of the of the contendership with three guys, and then you can do the full way, right? That would make sense. Instead of just throwing them out there and thinking it's gonna get over with some, you know, clever inside talk. And I hated that from Sammy Guevara talking about I was just gonna, I was just supposed to be the Inner Circle's job guy, and oh god, it was horrible, horrible. So, I just that's my issue with it. Is I like all three guys: Tarby Allen, Jungle Boy, Sammy Guevara, but they're just not ready for this world title picture right now. They could be, but you got to get momentum behind them. Um, you got they have there's something like I said, Jungle Boy has the bit because he just beat Christian at a pay per view and in a really good match. But you got to keep it going with him, um, and and put him in matches where he's not going to have these indie rific type matches, and it's just a a false view of AEW. Like they have to have the standards are. The matches have to be great. You know, each match has to... No, it doesn't have to be like... You want to establish people. You can't establish a guy going out there, going 50-50 guy, do a bunch of moves, everyone's kicking out of everything, and you know, just because they do that, oh, it's a, it was a great match, and the crowds are popping for just every little thing, all the false finishes. they they got to get over it. They, they get over a bit, but psycho- psychologically, get them over guys, more dominant wins. I'm not saying go out there and beat guys in two minutes. Some you can with, and not these three, because they're little guys, and you know you want to showcase their athleticism, their finesse, their smarts. Um, a Wardlow, of course, type of wrestler, a powerhouse Hobbs two big muscular guys 
they can go out there and smash people, right? But a nice six to seven minute television match, a get over match, right? Where they sell just a bit to kind of give the heel a little something, you know, and and then and then they win cleanly in the middle with their finish because you want to keep establishing their finishers and get those over on their way up to the title match. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So I'm watching this segment, and I'm like, Dartry's wrong for this right now. Jungle Boy's wrong for this right now. Sam Guevara's really wrong for this right now, because he was, like I said, he wasn't doing nothing for a year. This feels like a total step down for MGF. Um, and I was thinking, like, well, who could have been? Of course, a lot of people have already talked about, you know, Warlow would have been good, but if he still had that momentum after he beat NJF at the pay-per-view, that Wardlow, where he was, people going crazy, the Powerbomb Symphony, they just wanted to come in and see him do that and smash people, but they just made Wardlow a regular guy, uh, and he was feuding with <coughs> Mark Sterling, the lawyer man, manager slash wrestler and his security, lame stuff. Then he started teaming with Samoa Joe. Then he got beat by Samoa Joe. Hair cut off by Samoa Joe. It just, he was just floundering. And you had this, this hot talent in Warlow. He was on fire. It felt like the Goldberg uh, phenomenon, and you know, from the '97 part. I'm talking about when he started rising. You're like, oh man, <laughs> you're looking forward to each Monday on Nitro or then Thursday on Thunder to see Warlow come in and just smash fool. Yeah, smash a Steve Dahl, smash a Mike Enos, you know, smash a Jerry Lynn. You know, we just want to see Goldberg smash your spear and jackhammer. People want to see Warlow. Powerbond Symphony Fools, right? Just continue to do that. I remember on Twitter one day, Dave Meltzer wrote to someone and said, you know, winning the title hurt. Winning the TTA hurt Warlow a bit. It hurt his momentum. It was going to happen once he won the title. I don't believe that. Goldberg in 98 beat Raven for the U.S. title um, on the Nitro after Spring Stampede. 
and he didn't lose any momentum. They just kept on with it because it continued. He won the U.S. title and continued to just smash people every week. That's what people wanted from Ward, though. Win the TNT title, and he could have just took on all comers. TNT champion, to, you know, the, the deal that Cody did. <coughs> Open challenge, give me some guys from the roster, give me some guys they bring in to be loose real quick. You know, but the theme is every match could have been destroy, powerball, sympathy, win, retain, right? Like, all this should have been for Wardlow. And we'd have kept that momentum up, kept him strong, got the belt on MJF, did your thing you wanted to do with Jayleson or whoever. And then when he's done with that, first major promo program as champion here comes his old rival the guy he brought into AEW now who's <coughs> a force you reckon reckon with him himself and that's and that's Wardlow right that could have been a, a made a big time match for NGF going into the May pay-per-view and one year later after Wardlow beats Beat MJF, destroyed him at the that pay per view. MJF eventually, by hook or by crook, retains on the main pay per view. That was that double or nothing, and wins that was. So now you have them one and one, right? And you can kind of go back, and then later on down the line again, you have Warlord finally, you know, winning the the feud, right? The winning the 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 rubber match and beating MJF. So. That's so Warlow would be Gary Chose if they didn't destroy his momentum, right? But let's look at a guy that's as of the pay per view started getting some momentum back, and that was Ricky Starks. <coughs> now, at the end of 2022, Ricky Starks won that tournament, the contenders tournament, title eliminator tournament, whatever they're calling it. He ends up uh, I think wrestling MGF with the diamond ring and he lost, but it was a fun match. And the verbal banter banter between these two guys was great. And it just helped elevate Ricky Starks. And then you're, and you're reminded you like, yeah, this guy is fantastic. He could be your, one of your biggest stars. This is great. And this was a nice tease of what's to come. Of course, then Ricky Starks went the feud with Jericho and started off strong. He won that match. But there was a bit of a dip with the story uh, with Jericho. It kind of it kind of was losing some momentum with the Axe Andretti stuff. And, you know, but thank goodness in the end at the pay-per-view revolution, Starks won again. So he beat Jericho twice. And... You know, for Jericho, that's, that's a, you know he's a, a legend in this business. He's a, the first ever AEW champion. That's a big deal, right? And so, to me, he would have been perfect to be this guy that comes in and challenges NGF. But they they cut. They did that stupid angle at the pay per view where Juice Robinson came out and attacked Ricky Starks. And again, that's um, that's a momentum killer. You can't go from fucking Chris Jericho to Juice Robinson. 
Now, Juice was was being featured and featured strong, but Juice hasn't done shit in AEW. I think he's done. I think he's. Mo- I, he might have won a match on Rampage. I like. I don't watch all Rampages or even, even care to look at the results half the time because it's such a boring show, nothing happening show. But I think I would remember him winning a match because he gets brought into AEW, and the first thing he does is lose to John Moxley in a very in a, in a, a match that just did not click at all. The crowd didn't even care for juice juice lost his momentum way back in 2018 after you know he won the u.s title from jay wyatt and that was a big match i was there live for that at the cow palace and he's never you know just kind of like he thought well this guy's gonna be on to bigger better things but he just didn't they pandemic hit and they also ruined a lot of his momentum and just never could find it again so here he is in AEW. Now he's attacking. They're trying to do something with him, but man, he—he's he, first. You got you got to get over the first impression. The first impression that he had in AEW to the AEW fan base. And no, I don't think every AEW fan watches freaking New Japan or cares. So all they see is Juice Robinson, a guy that came in wrestled Moxley in, in, a, in a in a very poor match. And again, hasn't been on TV much, hasn't been featured much. And when he is on television, he's lost. And don't give me shit that he's, oh, he's won matches on Dark Elevation. No one cares. No one freaking cares, right? So if you would have <laughs> never did that at the Dynamite pay-per-view with Juice Robinson attacking Darks, he would have been the, per- Starks would have been the perfect guy to come back in MJF's life. And want to go round two with MJF. And this time around, yeah, he won the tournament before, but he was kind of beat up in that tournament. You know, now he's beaten Jericho twice. He's full of confidence. He's ready for this title. He he feels it. And now he wants to go to the next level. And he but he, he would be ready because he just came off a big big win over Chris Jericho. Right? So now he's fucking stuck trying to feud with Juice Robinson, the Bullet Club, that, like, like uh, who, forget who said it, hasn't been relevant since 2015. Um, maybe, maybe not just 2015, but, you know, like, it's just, it's been, it's, it's, it's like, it's NWO in 2000, right? Like, it's, it's still there because it's, 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 it sells a shirt here and there still, but they're, they're, their best days are done. So, so now we got poor Ricky Starks doing that when he should be probably the next challenger for, for, uh, for MJF. Another guy that should have been the next challenger, who I didn't mention earlier, but I will quickly mention him now was maybe Hangman out of Page. He you know, he won the feud with John Moxley, and. Instead of getting a fresh match for Hangman Adam Page, he's going to the CW teen drama again with the Elite, and still feuding with Moxley and the Blackpool Combat Club, and so we're getting all that right again. Like all that, I know 
the Moxie Hangman program just kind of happened because of Miro not wanting the job to Hangman and all that stuff. Um, I think that story's already out there. I mean, it's that's who it was, and who gives a shit? Like, he didn't want to do business. And I, and, and I understand Miro's point, too. A lot of people are quick to jump on Miro, but look it. Miro got himself over. The whole, like, you know, battle against God deal he was going doing and, and he and he got all he got out of that stupid gimmick with the with Kip Sabian and all that and the video game shit and work with underneath talent and got himself over right again and so you know he's coming back from an injury he's a guy that could be featured on top he's a guy featured in main events and you want to have him just there to do a tournament to lose to Hangman Page just to build up his MGS Next Challenger. Yeah, I can see, like, dude, I, I'm more valuable than that, right? You know, I, I, you know, I'm just coming back, like, build me up. I just don't, you know, three matches and then I lose and what's next for me? You know, well, you got to build me up again, like, you know, so I, I, I see, I saw Mira's point there. So that, out of that came this John Moxley hangman page feud, right? And with the unfortunate knockout match one, it kicked turned into a maybe more than just one match thing. Now it became like a program and a and a blood feud and and yeah, but me, I don't think it was a great storyline because I thought Moxley came Moxley's just had an uneven performance in my opinion. Like dude, are you were you a baby face here? Are you a heel? I don't know. Pay, Hangman Page got, came off like a baby a lot of times. But ultimately, at the end of it, Hangman beat Moxley, won. Uh, won an important match on that pay-per-view, a, very, a featured match on that pay-per-view. Their so-called Texas death match. Just a death match. No Texas death match rules were applied in this match, but they called it a Texas death match because I don't know why. Maybe just... Just because someone had a boner for the, the name Texas Death Match, even though it took place in San Francisco. <laughs> so stupid. Um But after that big win, you would think, okay, he'd be the a guy challenging challenging uh uh MJF for the title, right? Right? But like I said, now he's He's still hanging out with the dorks, the dork order. He's still he's still feuding with the Blackpool Comic Club, specifically John Moxley. And we're back to this elite hanging page. We were friends, but now we then we just stopped being friends. And we want you back, but we're not sure, and he's not sure if he wants to be back, and oh my god, so now we're in for some, a lot of, a lot of that crap again, which just doesn't work, I don't know, a lot of people are like, like this is so funny to see people's responses, like, oh, it was such a moment, like, yeah, yeah. I don't know, I didn't really see the whole moment, because they ran out the air, because <laughs> they were going too long on time. So, I think the guy should have 
100%, then the next challenger for MGF should have been Ricky Starks. He has a true momentum behind him. They did some fun, a fun match and a fun, you know, banter, promo exchange between each other in, in the year of 2022. And I think, I think people would have took took Ricky Stark as a main event guy. They want to. You get he gets such great responses. It's genuine. You know, it's organic. It, you know, he just continued to be him. And even though he wasn't featured regularly, or he'd be there on TV one week and then off for another four, and here he is again, you know. Um, I think he would have been perfect, and but we're going with the four pillars because that's what Tony Khan envisioned as his future. You know what? Sometimes you gotta change. You know, sometimes you get this hot prospect in baseball, right? Oh, this guy is gonna be my. F- my future, my shortstop of the future, right? He's going to be the guy that's going to be commanding that infield. He's also going to be a steady um, presence in the lineup. Actually, we're going to uh, uh, work around him in the lineup. We're going to feature him in the three spot. He's going to be the. We're going to get people to compliment him and, and you know get make sure he gets better pitches at bat. Like he is the guy we're going to build around. But then he gets called up to the majors. So some potential. You can see the glimpse of what the future could be and if he keeps it up. But then it's too big for him. He starts losing his confidence. He starts, you know, can't get the power that he was had on the minors. He's now, you know, hitting hitting late and hitting the right field, right? Um he can't he can't hit the different speed changes the pitchers are making. It's just, a, it's too, it's, it's too fast for him. Cause they, they just didn't have the experience. He's getting eaten up by these veteran talents, right? And so what do you do? You just either stick it out with him or you don't, now you don't feature him as much or maybe he's not in your plans and you, you go the next one up, you know? I think Sammy Vara had some, you saw some major superstar potential. But due to attitude and due to never really changing his style to to take advantage of that slapple face and um he just was stagnant. Jungle Boy was in a very popular tag team that went for too long. And they finally won the tag team title, which I which I wanted them to do. I thought they had to put the tag team titles on these guys. And when they won it. They did absolute shit with it. So it's the same, a very familiar theme with a lot of people that don't even con books. They get hot, they win a belt, and then once they win a belt, it's like, what do I do next? Right? Look at the acclaimed. They won the tactic towels, hot act, most popular act on the show. Now they're just treading water. And I don't think working with 2.0 is going to get them there. 2.0 is a good team. I don't think it's going to get him back there. We'll see. 
But I think it's a miss with going to the pillars. I think, not saying give up on those guys, but refocus them. Don't just thrust them on the top spot when they're not ready for it. Booking is is it's 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 not a sprint, it's a marathon in my opinion. You got to plant get momentum behind guys. You got to get people the just like all of a sudden like Man, I noticed that Jungle Boy has been winning in his matches. You know, now he's on every television now. Before he would just disappear, maybe cut a promo. I'm not saying he wrestles every week, but every once in a while you break it up, he cuts a promo. Uh, but he wrestles more and wins more than usual. I said, again, Tony has such a, a bloated roster. He's trying to fit everyone in and satisfy everyone on the sh- in this company. And, and his booking philosophy is like, well, I'll just, you know, take them off for a while then bring them back and since they haven't been around for a while people will be excited you know how can they miss you for if you're never gone and that's true if you know you're a, a really big star and you know and you've been on me I went on an injury and then you came back that's great but if you're just a guy in the middle of the road it's cool to see you back but they're not it's not it's not gonna put you at the top. So you have to just keep on the path. Win matches. It's simple. It's as simple as that. Right? Like I, I remember in 1990. I know I'm, 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 I'm showing my age here, but bear with me here. In 1990, Z-Man Tom Zink, right? He actually he debuted in, in WCW, right? Right in or then NWA, right in like the fall of 89, right? And was winning matches, winning matches, winning matches. Also on TV, nothing, you know, just 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 beating job guys, but continue to win. Um, wasn't featured on Star Arcade. Of course, they did a funky Iron Man tournament thing, so a lot of guys weren't featured on that show. Um and then they and then they got this idea, like, you know what? We'll put Brian Pillman and Tom Zank together. As a tag team, you know, think Rock and Roll Express, the two good-looking guys, and they'll win the U.S. tag team title, which is a secondary tag team title, but that will just keep them in the mix and and uh, protect them until we're ready to start building them up, you know, down the line, right? We'll have a few. The Midnight Express is one of the greatest tag teams of all time. My favorite personal tag, greatest tag, favorite tag team of all time. And they'll just get experienced, they'll get better, and they'll be ready for you know bigger spots again down the line. But there's a booking shift. You know, Ric Flair leaves the booking booking team. In comes Ole Anderson, and Ole Anderson goes from you know uh, Rick you know wants more of the stuff that he's a book in Georgia, and you know uh, he goes he wants the bigger guys. He does a good move and brings back a Stan Hansen, the top star from Japan. Of course, you know, a major star in wrestling. Great move. But then he starts bringing some older stars in. An overweight JYD. Um, Paul Order was a good signing. Even though he wasn't the same Paul Order from, you know, 84, 85. But, you know, Paul Order was, was gone for a very long time. He was a star. 
So people did miss him. But then he started going with the cheaper pet power guys like Big Cat, who had a lot of potential. Yeah, or then you had Mortal City Madman, who was a big guy. Night Stalker, big guy. The future Brian Clark, future Adam Bomb. But green as grass and not ready for that. That that uh, <laughs> the master blasters, right? Of course, Kevin Nash would end up being a, a big star later on, but he went cheap with green talent, but also he wanted big men. I remember one of I think a shoot interview he did. He said, "I would look at the guys' wrist, and if I if I, if I grabbed their wrist in my thumb, didn't touch my in touched it my index finger. Eh, he's no good. We can't push him or something like that, right? He liked the big guys." So those big guys were beat some little guys. Brian Pillman, Tom Zink. But things things needed to change. And I don't know when Ole Anderson woke up and thought about this, but he's like, you know what? We're gonna get behind Tom Zink. Did they put him in the title picture right away? Did they throw him in a mid event? No. Around end of October, he starts winning matches. Winning matches, job job matches, you know, get over matches on television. Beating the likes of Chris Sullivan, my favorite guy, Larry Santo, Buddy Lee Parker. He wrestles a, a Clash Champions match with Brian Time, Brian Lee wins it. And he's beating everyone to the same move, the flying drop kick, right? And then as he keeps winning... Jim Ross, the lead play-by-play, and even Bob Cottle, the color commentator, starts mentioning, Z-Man's been on a win streak here. Momentum keeps going. Momentum keeps going. Momentum keeps going. And then it gets, he's winning in all November. And then in December, he's winning. And now a guy that you saw was just doing nothing. You're like, man, this guy has, this guy could do it. And then right before Starcade 90, they mentioned on WCW, at that time, World Championship Wrestling was called on the Saturday show, but it wasn't WCW Saturday night yet. Z-Man has a title shot for the TV title against Ari Anderson this coming on World Championship Wrestling. So that match is already set. Starcade 90 happens. Z-Man, Bobby Eaton, the opener. And Z-Man loses that match. You might think that's bad booking. Wouldn't you want him winning? Leading into that match with... With Art Anderson? In some cases, yes. But remember, they already established... On Saturday, he already has that title shot. So now you're like, oh, man, he's probably not going to win the title. But he was on this win streak. Can he can he get over this hump, this little, little bump in the road, and win the title? What happens that Saturday after the pay-per-view? He comes through, wins the match. Granted, this was taped before the pay-per-view, but it aired after. That's the important part. He wins the match, wins the title. And it's as simple as that. Simple as that. Boom. And you go, you know what? Who's next for Z-Man? Of course, there's rematches with Arn Anderson. 
But hey, remember who beat him at that Starcade match? Who, you know, stopped Z-Man's win streak? Beautiful Bobby Eaton. So now you already have a ready-made challenger for Z-Man and the TV title. I thought it was great booking at the time. Of course, unfortunately for Z-Man, there was another booking change in WCW. This is, it's, you know, the story of WCW. Out was Oli, it was Dusty, and you have kind of a new booker. You just, you know, you want to do a clean slate. You want to do what you want to do. You want to feature your guys. And Dusty, or you just, sometimes a lot of people just go what they know. They start bringing their people they're familiar with, people they trust. And that's what Dusty did within like, I don't know, by January. <laughs> within, you know, like four weeks for poor uh, Z-Man as his run as champion. Arn Anderson is back as TV champion again because that's what Dusty knows and feels comfortable with, right? As an example, Z-Man should apply to a Jungle Boy and a Darby and a Sammy. Get them back winning again. Make people care about them again. And then put them in title picture. Maybe you don't go all the way to the world title. Unless one of those guys... I, the one guy I can, I can see quickly... With uh, a good six weeks of wins and momentum, because he's such a charismatic guy, and people just grab it, just 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 love this guy. Darby could definitely be quick, quickly shot to the world title sooner than Sammy Guevara and Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy, I love Jack. I love working at APW. He's a, it's a, a project of mine when I was booking APW. You know, I saw that he has this. He doesn't have the. He's not a very charismatic guy, but when he comes out, because of his looks and his wild hair, and you know, people just want to cheer him and want them to win. But he's not a guy you just thrust to the title. So, we'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is going to be great. The four pillars match for the title. I'm sure they're going to have a barn burner match with a million moves and. We know how these four ways go, right? They're going to kick out of everything, and Dave's going to give it six trillion stars. And, but I, I much rather see a guy that has momentum now, like a Ricky Starks, and build him up to get that title. And he doesn't have to win the title, he can lose again to MJF. But he is such a charismatic dude. He can lose but still be winning, right? You can lose but still get over. You can give those people that glimpse. This guy one day will be world champion. He didn't come, he didn't make it this time around because of hookup by crook. But one day, damn you, MJF, he's gonna beat you. You might won these two matches first. But in the, the day, he's gonna beat you for that title. So, I, my choice would be Ricky Starks. Um, so what do you think? 
Are you excited for this four pillars match? Do you feel Darby Allen, Jungle Boy, Sammy Guevara ready for this spot against MGF? Is this a downer from Brian Danson to Darby, Sammy, and Jungle Boy? Who do you think should be in there as a uh, the next challenger MGF? Should have been a hangman on a page. Should have been Adam Cole. I think there's a few other, a few better, there's a, a few better possibilities than what they did. But again, we'll see in the coming weeks if it works or if it doesn't. Thank you everyone for listening to Take It Home Podcast this week. Um, I always feature your support, feature all your clicks and listens, spread the word. Uh, we're gearing up a couple weeks till WrestleMania week. So there's a lot of shows going on, a lot of shows I'll be watching. Uh, I've kind of taken it back on watching some independent wrestling lately because I figure we're going to be, I mean, watching a lot of stuff at WrestleMania week. I'm not going, unfortunately. I'm really depressed about that, but I'll miss, I'll see a lot of my friends that are going to be there. A lot of friends I haven't seen in a very long time in person. But uh, but uh, I'll be watching a lot of the matches at home. I think we're, I think I'm going to be watching the, the New Japan Impact Wrestling show, um, the Blood Sport. I'll watch. Um, that I'm I'm believe I'm going to watch the Ring of Honor pay per view, and uh, pretty bummed that certain matches now not going to be on that show. But I'll probably still end up watching it. Um, and, try, and of course, I'm going to watch WrestleMania. Oh, and of course, TakeOver. I'll watch TakeOver WrestleMania. That's basically it. I don't think there's any other really shows I really care to see. But, um, you, know, you know, I might just throw in another uh, um, maybe a show there if I have time. That's a lot of wrestling, a lot of leg slapping to see. So we'll see if I can get through it. But um, I hope you all enjoyed the Take It Home podcast again this week. Hit me up on Twitter, LaRockaJL. Let me know your thoughts and opinions. Everyone, be safe. Take care. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.